Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. Good Monday morning to you. Second week, second full week of January. Am I right on the date? Uh, yeah, second full week of January. How's that new year, new you coming? How it? <laughs> One weekend, you had some goals at the turn of the calendar, and you said, I want this to be my most what year ever. Mm. This is the year I, I get in shape. This is the year I read through my Bible in a year. Well, you know what? It, it's crazy because I, we talked about this a little bit even on Friday last week, but I am already feeling the pull to not do the things I wanted to do at the start quickly, of this year. Doesn't it? it does. Yeah. It had like it, it's been a full week and I'm kind of <laughs> like Okay, I'm tired. Uh, maybe I don't need to do this one today. Yeah. And I'm like, well, no, that's that's what I said I was going to do, and it's only it's, been seven days. It's that human resolve yeah. that gets weakened far more quickly, far more easily than any of us would like to admit. Yeah, hey, true. I'm Allie, by the way. Good morning to you. We're going to be doing uh, lots of fun things this morning, but our topic, I want to let you know up up front is going to be how to live fruitfully. So if you had some goals and some uh, ideas and a vision for this coming year, I want to talk about biblically. What does it mean to to live fruitfully? Why is that a worthy aim? And how do we go about it? We've got some special guests who are going to be joining us throughout the week. Uh, But first, we're going to get connected with Carl, who is live from Israel. I just got a text message. As soon as we can get him loaded up, we're going to let him talk to you. I wonder what he's doing on his big trip. We'll hear about it. Got to go into work? Don't worry. Check out the Carl and Crew Showcast wherever you like to stream. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Wonder what the weather's like in Israel right now. Oh, man. Probably better than here. <laughs> here in Chicago, it's a cool gray start to our morning. Waiting for the sun to come up to see if we can get any sun peeking through. Feels like it's been some gray days around here. We could <laughs> yeah. use some sunshine. Let's check in with Carl, who's live in Israel right now. You got sunshine there right now, my friend? Oh, Allie, we got sunshine around the Sea of Galilee, and I got some friends here. You want to hear from them? I do. All right, hang on. Say hi to Chicago. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. How about that? How about that, Allie? How many folks are on the tour with you? We got about 52 here today, so oh. it's a good group. Okay, so you're headed out to the Sea of Galilee this morning. Give us, some, give us some sights am, and sounds. I am on the sea. We just had fish, eyeballs and everything oh, for wow. lunch. Now, we're a few <laughs> hours ahead of you. So we're about to get out on the Sea of Galilee, and uh, we're going we're gonna to have some great teachings from the Gospel of Matthew. And we're going to talk about some freaked out disciples when the storm was whipping up on the Sea of Galilee. It's going to be a it's going to be a sweet time. By the way, Ali, some cool news. Uh, this morning I was at uh, Mount of Beatitudes and I had the privilege of dishing up the gospel. And we had several people surrender their lives to Christ and wow. come out of an illusion of salvation into an authentic relationship with Jesus. And this afternoon in the Jordan, I have the privilege of baptizing them as well as some others. So about 15 folks are going to get baptized today. How about that? Wow. My goodness. 
what a start to the trip. I mean, you're just what three? You landed in Israel on Friday, so you're on your third full day. What's been some of the highlights so far? Obviously, this morning you've had a couple. Yeah, that's that's been a big deal. Um, You know, I think I think when you look at some of the conquests of Joshua. And you realize, my goodness, you know, a lot of us think about conquest and military things. You see what's going on in Ukraine and all that. We see uh, military warfare kind of going head to head. But with with the nation of Israel, when God blessed Joshua and he went across the Jordan into the land, the thing that I think has come really crystal clear to me on this trip is that this wasn't a military conquest. They walked around Jericho a few times and the walls came down. <laughs> they walked into, they walked a little bit further in. They got their booties kicked at uh, the city of Ai because Achan had stolen some of the loot. And once they got that sin squared away, then they went back in and kicked booty again. Now, here's what's interesting. All the nations, the pagan nations that were up against Israel, they saw God's hand on the nation, and they wanted to strike deals of peace left and right, not because they saw military might, but because they saw the hand of God. Wow. And that's, that's just – it's just a metaphor for faith today, Allie. That's mm. where we need to live, just trusting God and letting him make a way. Wow. Now, as you're, you're, you've been to Israel a couple times, as you're seeing it and processing it with people who I'm sure are seeing things for the first time, what's the reaction on the trip, on the tour, as people are seeing some of these sites for the very first time? Yeah, that's a great question. I, for me, this is my fourth trip, so it's not old hat because this is, it's every corner is a new dig, you know, but Uh, You know, when you go to a town like Zippori, that's like three kilometers from Nazareth, although it's not cited in the New Testament, it was the bigging, big, budding metropolis that would have been, it would have been the place that Jesus hung out and went to as a kid. And, And all those original digs are there, and people are just in awe over what God is God is revealing to them. I mean, when you're here on the ground and you go to, as we were early this morning, Capernaum and uh, Mount of Beatitudes, and you get a feel for what, just how real this is and how the whole world has benefited from the ripple effect of this God-man Jesus. Man, it's overwhelming, Allie. Mm, my goodness. So you've mentioned Capernaum, uh, Mount of Beatitudes, and right now currently on the Sea of Galilee. That's a pretty full itinerary. What else do you have going on today? <laughs> <laughs> oh, today we're going to go to the Jordan. Uh, we went and saw, uh, just here down the road a piece, just went and saw um, actually a somewhat not restored, how do I say this, preserved uh, first century fisherman's boat. But right now we're going to get out on the Sea of Galilee. And when we're done with this journey, which involves a lot of fun stuff, we're going to open the Gospels, and talk about the peace of Jesus and how he commanded the wind and the waves. And then we're going to head down after we get off the Sea of Galilee to the Jordan and we're going to do some baptizing down there, mm. which is going to just be epic. But that yeah, it's just... It's just been a thrill. I got to tell you, man, our God is alive. And I I think coming to Israel and some of the pictures that I'm going to be sending you, it's just 
we got to remember, God's calling us back to himself constantly and saying, come on, I want to put my power on display through your life. And it's as personal as that, Allie. Mm. You know, that fits so so perfectly with what we're going to be talking about all morning, Carl, the, our theme this week, how to live fruitfully. There's this sense as we come into a new year that there's a fresh opportunity before us, and we want to be fruitful. We want to be people who yeah. abide in Christ and who bear fruit because we know he's glorified when we yes. bear fruit. And, I, and you see yeah. that. You see that in the boom crew who's on the trip with you right now. There's yeah. a couple boom yeah, crew Yeah, we got members. a bunch of boom crewers. We've got... We've got a bunch of boom crew. It's really funny because when they, I didn't know who all was coming on the trip from the boom crew. So when we all met together in the airport in Chicago, getting ready to go, and we're introducing ourselves, uh, to have them say, I'm on the boom crew, one after another <laughs> after another. I'm in the boom crew. It's pretty cool. So, yeah, we got some just salt of the earth folks. You know, there's a common need and a common thread with all of us, and we've already grown a close bond here. When you eat together and, you know, see all these sites together, there is a hunger and a need and an awareness of our need for God that yeah. uniquely binds us together. You know, when you sometimes walk into church and you just kind of kind of standing off, standing back, that 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 can be real, but maybe— what we need to do is approach church a little bit differently and be the one that breaks the ice and says, you know what? We're here for a reason. We yeah. need Jesus. We need Jesus. And it's good. And by the way, fitting with your theme, the more we realize our need, the more we're going to cling to him in humble dependence. And then we will bear that fruit. Good word. Carl, checking in live from Israel. We're going to be hearing from him uh, quite a bit this week. And he's kind of taken us with <laughs> from a distance. We're going to get to be seeing yeah. some of these sites. Carl, have the best time. Say hi to Janan and the rest of the crew I'm, with I'm you on the trip. I'm going to do it. I'm going to say, hold on a second. We got to do a quick shout out. All right, I'm, I'm done with this segment. So say goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, that, could you hear that? I did. I hear lots of, of whoops and hollers, and it's good to hear from you all this morning. <laughs> Carl broadcasting live from Israel. Great to hear Carl's voice. He's been traveling, touring the Holy Land with a group of people. You may be wondering, how did this, what is this trip? Uh, this is actually a trip he's taking with his church, 180 Chicago, but they had uh, some extra room. And so a couple months ago, we gave a shout out to the boom crew and said, we have about 20 slots if you'd like to go. And so that's how 20 members, I think, oh, 20 or so yeah, members of the boom crew uh, jumped in on this, on this trip. So that's how that came about in case yeah. you're wondering. Now you're listening and you're going, man, that sounds amazing. And that sounds refreshing. How do you, in this, you're in Chicago, you're not in Israel right now, you're not seeing those sites. So sometimes you can read your word and maybe it feels dry. How can we really lean into living fruitfully? Let's talk about it coming up. New to the show? Stick around for a while. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. Have you ever had the opportunity to go out and pick fruit? Like gone hmm. picking apples or 
grapes or something like that, where you actually got to pull I? a piece of fruit off of a vine or off of a tree? You know what? The the most I can remember is my mom used to have this little garden in our backyard in California where she grew strawberries. And I remember pulling strawberries off of that. Really? Yeah. Okay. What was yeah. that? Do you, what do you remember about that? Um, I just remember being able to pull it off and immediately take a bite out of it. Okay. And it just was fun. It was a fun way to grab a snack, and right. especially as a kid, you know, for sure. I haven't really had opportunity to really go fruit picking or anything okay. like that. But when I lived, when we first, the first place we lived in Chicago was this condo building. And right across the street was this blackberry tree, you know, and oh, it's okay. right in the middle of the city. So yeah. it was kind of odd because every year around the same time, all of a sudden the sidewalk would start to just be totally covered, covered. with blackberries. <laughs> so when I would go and take a walk with the kids, like yeah. we would it would be all over our shoes and oh, all over yeah. bike tires. But every once in a while I would look out the window in the morning and somebody would inevitably reach up on that blackberry tree and mm. pop one off yep. and pop it in their mouth. <laughs> And it was the funniest sight because it's, I mean, we're talking right in the middle of the city. There's no, there's no green space of (laughs) any kind. Right. It's not like you're walking around a garden. No, and then there's just one blackberry tree that grows up out of the sidewalk and people would occasionally walk by and grab a little piece of fruit and pluck it in their mouth. I I never, I never tried it because I thought. What's on those things? Oh, you should. There's nothing better than just a fresh piece of fruit right off the tree. But it's funny when you look at a tree or a vine, you expect that at a certain time of year that there's going to be fruit. Whether it's oranges or apples in the fall, a lot of times there's different apple orchards around Chicago. And you can go and drive maybe an hour and you can go and do apple picking. And a lot of people like to do that in the fall. Or you can go and pick strawberries come summertime. But right. there's this expectation uh, that at a certain point, at a certain time, whatever is supposed to bear fruit will. Well, how does that parallel our spiritual life? Is there a certain point in time where we are supposed to, like that blackberry tree or like an apple tree, where there's supposed to be fruit that pops off of our life? Yeah, let's talk about it. Whether it's number one or 100, take that step with Jesus today. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Quick heads up for you if you at 2023, if you are interested in doing some coaching, Carl does something pretty, uh, pretty exciting. He has this book. It's out. It's been out for a little bit over a year and it's doing amazing, by the way. The book's called The Seven Resolutions Where Self-Help Ends and God's Power Begins. What he does a couple times throughout the year is he takes a, a small group of people through some coaching where they really go in, in, in depth a little bit more with some of these principles and how to apply them to our lives so that we can live fruitful which is what we're talking about today. If you want to be a part of these webinars, there's two different uh, dates and times that you can sit in on a webinar just to get the information, doesn't commit you to anything, and then you can decide if coaching, taking that next step might be right for you. So just text the word 7 to 312-274-9624. Just text the word 7, spell it out for me, 312-274-9624. Now, when we think about all of the times that fruit is mentioned in scripture. Jonathan, I'm going to put you on the spot here, kind of pop quiz. Okay. You you got the late heads up that this is what we're going to talk about. Yeah. What scripture verses come to mind for you when you think about fruit? In, Ooh. What, any verses pop in your mind? Because when you start looking for it, 
It's everywhere. Oh, man. Yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> everywhere. I will say, man, that's a good question. Um, you want me to come back to you? Yeah, come back to me. Okay. Give me give me a couple seconds to think about okay. it. Okay. So let's talk about some definitions. I've, this helps word studies. I love this. I, I pinned this in my notes. It says, by definition, fruit results from two life streams, the Lord living his life through ours to yield what's eternal. So there's something about the relationship with Christ. The gospel itself produces fruit. How do I know this? Well, Colossians 1, 5 through 7. Now, I pulled the New Living Translation out for this one because I think it really helps pin this down. Now, this was the opening. If you notice, if you read a lot of the letters in Scripture, they usually start with some sort of a greeting, just like it would if you got a letter in the mail. Uh, so someone may write, hey, John, I hope you've been doing well. Hope your year is off to a good start. We do this in emails, too, where yeah. before we kind of get to the the crux of what we want to say, there's usually some sort of an introduction. Like if you write an email to yeah. a, to a colleague, you right. usually it's, start with what? You know, uh, <laughs> say I'm emailing Allie, I'll say, hey, Allie, or good morning, Allie, and then I'll address by, you know, kind of introducing the thing that I want to talk about. Yeah, and so Paul's letters follow a, a very predictable template where there's a usually a we thank God for you or like an intro to the letter that kind of sets up what he's going to say, similar to what you would write in an email or a snail mail letter. So Colossians, this is the very first chapter. This is kind of his introductory words to the church. And he says, we always pray for you and we give thanks to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You've had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. Here's the part. Here's verse six is where I, what I want to key on. This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere hmm. by changing lives, just as it is changing your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. It is bearing fruit everywhere. So there's a direct link between the gospel and fruit bearing. The gospel will produce fruit. So the gospel, when it's applied to a life, will produce fruit. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And and the opposite is true as well. Ali, you had asked me, you know, what verse came to mind, and I couldn't think of the the actual verse, but I found it. It was Matthew seven sixteen, mm-hmm. where Jesus says, By their fruit you will recognize them. Yep. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? And it's talking about false apostles, people who would come and, and talk about Jesus, but had a false message mm. to share. Yeah. And and they they have fruit, too. It's bad fruit. Yeah. And you can recognize it on them if you inspect it. That's a good that's that's good. I love that passage because every life does produce fruit in the yeah. in the sense that something comes off of us. Yeah, something, whether good or bad, something comes off of every person. So what kind of fruit do we want to be producing? Let's continue to unpack some of this. But just know as a baseline that the gospel put into practice will produce fruit. What does your life look like when God is in your story? When not, He's not just the add-on, but he is the, the cornerstone. He's the centerpiece. He's the foundation of everything that you do. That is the gospel at work. 
it will produce fruit in our lives. We just looked at Colossians 1, 6. The same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. God's grace, the gospel of Jesus Christ, will produce fruit. So what does that look like? We'll talk about it coming up. Boom Crew, celebrate what God is doing in you. This is Carlin Crew Mornings. We're talking bearing fruit today. I like to go back when I'm doing studies for these and do some of the original language. I don't do a ton of that. I'm not always looking up the Greek or the Hebrew. Sure. But from time to time, it is helpful. Now, this word fruit, it's the Greek word karpos. Wish I had Super Die here to help me with the pronunciation, but that's just, that's it's pretty close. Carpos, and so some of the some of the notes that I jotted down, just there's some associated words: benefit, crop, harvest, produce, profit. And you think about a, a farmer, a crop that's produced, yeah. a profit. There's seeds that go into the ground, and then it springs up, and what's produced is fruit. And so when you think of this is actually, I think, one of the easier ones to understand how it directly applies to our spiritual life. I don't think it requires too much imagination to go, okay, when the gospel, when I really take in the truth of, of, of my depravity, of my sin, of my need for Jesus, it's not hard to see that when I cling to him, when my life is transformed, then the outflow of that will be something, right? Yeah. It will be fruit. It will be something beneficial that comes off of my life. And we know that that God is glorified when our lives bear fruit. Again, back to this helps word studies. By definition, fruit results from two life streams, the Lord living his life through ours to yield what is eternal. So is your life today, are the decisions that you're making, uh, the relationships that you have, the things that you're choosing to spend your time on, the way the Lord is at work in you, will it yield what's eternal? Because that's ultimately what the fruit of our lives is. Is I don't want to say supposed to, because it's not. I don't want to put the expectation on you, because that's the exact opposite. It's not this working and, har- and and trying to be productive. It's not that at all. It's this abiding relationship with Jesus that then His work is displayed through our lives, yielding what's eternal. I've got so many verses I could throw at you. I'm. <laughs> I don't want to overwhelm you. But Jonathan, you brought up that our lives will produce fruit. It's a matter of what kind of fruit, right? It's a matter of what kind, because it it doesn't matter whether whether you love God or you don't or, you know, you're you're motivated by your love for him or you're motivated to try to earn things. You know, yeah. your fruit is going to come out. Fruit it just come. depends what kind. So Romans six twenty through 22 is helpful for this. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now that you've been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. So I love this verse because you think about what fruit was being produced when I was a slave to sin, mm. when I was just living however I wanted to live, living wild. What kind of fruit was, was, was coming off of me? Fruit that leads to death. But now that you've been set free and you, my friend, if you are in Christ, you've been set free from sin. Does that mean you'll never sin? No, 
but it means you're not a slave to sin anymore. You're a slave of God, meaning you are dependent. You are clinging to him. And the fruit that comes from a life that's dependent on God, it leads to sanctification. And its end is eternal life. Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsor Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. This is a tough one to talk about, but it's so important. January is National Trafficking uh, Prevention and Awareness Month. Uh, good morning to you, by the way. I'm Allie. This is Carlin Crew Mornings. I want to give you some statistics to, that are alarming but important to be aware of because I think a lot of times when you think of human trafficking, it seems like a, 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 a maybe a outdated sort of problem or a problem that happens in other parts of the world. But trafficking has been reported in all 50 states. Uh, girls and boys trafficked in the U.S. are typically American kids. One in six children reported missing are likely victims of sex trafficking. So you think about an evil that is often occurs in the shadows, but right in our own cities, in our own communities, there's trafficking that occurs in the suburbs, in the cities, in places that you would not expect. Coming up, I want to introduce you to a, uh, a woman. She's a doctor. She's a pediatrician, and she is on a mission to prevent sex trafficking. She's working with a ministry called Reclaim 13. And we're going to hear a little bit of her story, how she got into this important work, and how you can help. Your shot of hope to make it through the day. It's Carl and Crew Mornings. How in the world does someone go from being a pediatrician to sex trafficking prevention advocate and helping people in the cycle of sexual abuse and exploitation? Well, that question we're going to have answered right now. Dr. Joy Lowe is with us right now. She's a pediatrician. Also, she's the healthcare program manager for uh, an organization called Reclaim 13, which is dedicated to ending the cycle of sex abuse and exploitation. You don't want to begin this, Joy. First off, thanks for coming in and being with us today. Thank you. I'm so thrilled to be here. It's a joy to have you here. When did God call you out of darkness and into the light of his grace and power? Tell us your story. So I did not grow up in a Christian family, um, but there was this humongous family that I don't know how many kids uh, that lived across from us when I was little. And they always took me to Sunday school. Really? Yeah. And my parents were not against Christianity. They just didn't know anything about it. And so I always knew there was a God out there. And I knew that God was calling to me because another time my my parents went out of town when we were little and um, they had a nurse watch over us. And she brought a little devotional for a little kid. And every day she read this devotional to me Hmm. and told me the gospel. And she left that devotional with me when she left. And so God was always in my heart. I knew he was always calling me. But then honestly, fast forward to college, (laughs) I went off to college and he surrounded me immediately with Christian friends. Wow. Yeah. He was really reaching out to me and it was One day I went to church with one of my friends and the pastor had us bow our heads and he said, you know, do any of you want to acknowledge that you're a sinner? Do any of you want Jesus Christ to cleanse you from your sin and make you new again? And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. I think I want that. (laughs) And so I raised my hand. And honestly, I would say 
That probably was the moment I was saved, but I don't think I truly understood what it was like to be a child of God for like years. Like it really, you know, took me a while to learn and grow. Um, Welcome to the club. I'm still learning and growing. (laughs) Yeah. Dr. Joy Lowe is with us right now. That's cool. All right. We brought you in here for a really cool reason. Yeah. Let's talk about Reclaim 13. But first, your background as a pediatrician, how did that kind of lead you into this work in uh, prevention of human trafficking? So as a pediatrician, obviously, I have a heart for children and families. Right. And in the year 2011, I also love medical missions. So I went on a medical missions trip to the House of Hope in Nicaragua. This is a campus that saves women and their families and children from sex trafficking. And they did the whole nine yards. I mean, they like actually beat down doors and pulled kids out. Oh, I mean, wow. Yeah, wow. it was. Oh, this is a, this is my kind of ministry. Yeah. <laughs> they were amazing. So I went to there and um, they were a campus of women and children. And I will tell you a story for this one. One of the women, she was in a brothel. She was there because her husband had terrible medical conditions and he eventually passed away. She couldn't pay the bills. So she she had no skills. She had no education. And Nicaragua was an extremely poor country. I Mm -hmm. think um, at the time it was the second poorest country in the Western Hemisphere after Haiti. It's very corrupt down there. And so she went into a brothel um, to pay off her bills. Mm. She had, I think, five children. As her oldest daughter got older, she started to get into the sex trade as well because she couldn't pay off her debt to her debtors. So eventually the oldest daughter got pregnant. And then she had a second daughter who was coming up. She was 15 when I saw her. And she was going to also have to go into the sex trade. This House of Hope, they bought this family out. They paid their debt. They bought them out. And it was $60, $60 US dollars. $60? Yeah, $60 US dollars. And that was before all this inflation, you know, that we're experiencing now. That was in 2011. And they bought this family of six for $60, took them out of that life. The the House of Hope is a, is a Christian organization. They really, they help heal. They set these families up for success. They teach them life skills and they preach the gospel. So that gave you a vision for it did. This might happen here. Yeah, God definitely called me after that. And every time I came back, when I came back to the states, everything I heard on the radio, on TV, was all about human trafficking. And it was so clear to me that God called me to do something about it. So I spent a few years trying to figure out where God was trying to lead me. And then you landed on it. Coming up here, Reclaim 13, what in the world is it? What's a vantage point of a pediatrician to help break and end the cycle of sexual abuse and exploitation? More with Dr. Joy Lowe, straight ahead. Whether it's number one or 100, take that step with Jesus today. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. We've got Dr. Joy Lowe with us right now. She's healthcare program manager for Reclaim 13. I'm looking at your website right now. 13 is the age when a child is most vulnerable and Reclaim is what you seek to do. Give us kind of an overview of how this ministry works. Start with the cycle uh, that maybe people don't quite understand what this cycle of sexual exploitation looks like in a real life. The name Reclaim 13 is about reclaiming a child's right to grow up safe and loved 
And 13, like you said, is a tender age where a child might be started to be exploited. But the cycle of exploitation speaks about how there is a lot of sexual trauma in the world. And a child that is sexually abused has an extremely high risk of being sexually re-victimized. That includes intimate partner violence. That includes sexual assault. That includes sexual exploitation or trafficking. Mm. So I would say that almost 100% of our girls that come through our program who have been sexually exploited or trafficked actually have a history of sexual trauma in their past. How pervasive is sexual exploitation? I think a lot of us have a life that we Uh, know our neighbors, but we don't know our neighbors. What are the numbers? What's really going on out there, doctor? Honestly, the statistics are really difficult to get. And you can imagine it's a very hidden crime. Oh, yeah. Uh, It's a crime that people don't even know to see or to spot. And it's kind of a newer field. So there's no one good source of statistics. But we can say that the that 24.9 million people are trafficked. And we know also in the United States, about 400,000 are living in human trafficking. Now that number includes both labor trafficking and sex trafficking. Yeah, that's a staggering number. As a pediatrician, oh, this is even hard to ask, but do you see this from time to time? Are you helping other pediatricians see this and is it difficult in this in this world that you live in uh, not to look the other way, but to even know what to do? Where do you go from there? I think even if you know about it or if you acknowledge that it happens, the problem seems so big. And so, yes, I think one of my jobs is to educate the healthcare environment, the healthcare community into learning what trafficking looks like, how to spot it and what to do about it. And there are many layers of this, right? So you can educate, you can increase awareness, and then what do you do? Reclaim 13 is in the business of educating and creating awareness, but also aftercare. So after these children and youth are recovered from sex trafficking, or when children have a history of sexual abuse, we connect with them right away. And we walk with them over the long term to create healing and build resilience for the child and for the family. Wow. So you have some safe houses, transitional homes. Uh, How does, talk about the work of the community that then comes around to support these children and youth. We do have a house called Cherish House. It is for girls who have been sexually exploited. They are ages 10 to 17 in this house. Oh, my word. It is actually the only safe house for minors or for children in the state of Illinois. Wow. Um, Yeah, for trafficked children. We also have a transitional living program Mm -hmm. um, for young adults 18 to 25. And in those programs, they experience safety, they experience healing, they get education, so they get homeschooled. We work with the families if the families are willing and available. We build relationships. And one of our mottos is forever community. So even when you get discharged Mm. from one of the houses or you graduate from one of the houses, we keep in touch with you forever. You are paired with a mentor. And that has to do with our community program. We have lots of people who maybe can't come to the houses or the programs or don't qualify. And we are able to pair them up with a mentor and um, also can offer therapy if that's what they want. This is blowing my mind in that, The only safe house for these little kids 
you have founded? Is that because of regulations or a lack of awareness or what's going on? What it is uh, must have a lot to do with regulations. When you're dealing with minors, there's a lot more rules and laws that apply than if you're dealing with adults who consent to their own treatment and their own housing and everything. So sometimes with minors, they may be wards of the state. Yes. And of course, that brings in a lot of just red tape, um, understandably. And then, of course, there's always funding issues. So I think as the world becomes more aware of human trafficking, I do think uh, maybe a lot of these programs, other programs can build because there's a lot of really good programs in the Chicago area, but we are the ones that specifically deal with children. Dr. Joy Lowe, I want to thank you. You've obviously got an incredible heart for this, and uh, it's a gospel ministry, right? I mean, you bring Christ to the forefront here. Absolutely. Do you see these little ones surrender to Jesus? Yes, some of them do. And they really just, they give their lives over to God and they trust him. And all of the people in our safe homes are Bible-believing workers. It's transforming. They still have so much healing to do, but honestly, the true healing is going to happen with Jesus. Um, And so that's what we do. Boom. Well, Boom Crew, you're listening to this going, where in the world do we get partnered up with this organization? The ministry is called Reclaim 13. So just go to their website, reclaim13.org, reclaim13.org. You can find out there's, they have an Amazon list for if you want to buy some gifts and some needed items. There's volunteer opportunities. You can partner with them in prayer. So just go to reclaim13.org, reclaim13.org. Dr. Joy Lowe, I want to thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much. It's been a privilege. Helping you start your day with a boom. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. You ever pray for people regularly in your life and maybe sometimes not be entirely sure what to pray for? Hmm. So let's say you I pray for my kids regularly. I pray for okay. my husband. And obviously, if there are specific needs. Uh, yeah, I get that. Then, yeah. I, then there are specific needs that you pray for. But sometimes, you know, we can easily default to, Lord, would you bless this person? Yeah. Yep. Bless so-and-so. Uh, bless them. <laughs> like, <laughs> you ever run out of run out of words yes. to even know what to ask God for to do for the person when there's not a specific need? Yeah, I think that that's uh, the, the way you explain that. I'm like, yeah, I definitely felt that before. <laughs> I think I think that that's totally normal because right. you're like, okay, well, they don't have any very specific requests, so I'll pray for blessing. Bless them. And uh, and go about my day. Yeah. And it's awesome. It's, yeah, there's it's nothing great wrong with uh, praying for a blessing. But as you're praying for the people in your life, I want to propose that praying for their fruitfulness, there's really a, a scriptural template for this. It's a very good thing to pray for fruitfulness for the people in your life. This is certainly what Paul did, and we see this in a couple of different letters. I want to read to you a couple of verses out of Philippians. This is Philippians 1, 9 through 11. And again, this is a letter to the church. He says, And is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent? And so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So in the list of things that he says, this is what I'm praying for you. He prays that there will be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. 
Another one for you, Colossians 1, 9 through 10. This is a letter to another church. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit, there it is again, in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Isn't that interesting? It is interesting. And I think that that's... That is a cool way to think about it because we all want to be bearing good fruit. Like we've learned, you know, something is going to be produced out of our lives. And so I love that prayer that it, and I think that shows our care for people as well in a very biblical way that we want the people that we love to bear Christ's fruit. fruit. Why? Well, John 15, 8, Scripture interprets Scripture. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. So if it's true that God is glorified when we bear fruit, and that's actually what proves that we are followers of him, then it seems fitting that that's part of what we pray for the for our own lives and for the people that we love, that we would be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. That was out of Philippians and Colossians, that we would bear fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. Pray that you would be a fruit bearer. Pray that also for the people that you love. Giving hope directly from the source. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. Carl has been touring the Holy Land, touched down in Israel on Friday, and is going to be spending about 10 days there. Carl, I know that you are, are you in the Jordan River right now. I am standing in the Jordan River as we speak, Allie. I am standing in the Jordan River right now, and uh, this is quite a time. We've got, I don't know, 14-ish people who are going to get baptized here in just a moment. They're standing on the edge of the Jordan. They've got their robes on. We're pretty excited about this, aren't we, guys? (laughs) Baptism going on here. Wow. Pretty overwhelming, Allie. Really it, sweet. You know, and and talk about the significance of this for someone maybe who's new to listening. This is a, this is more than just about going underwater in a really cool place. Yeah. Yeah, what this is is a really cool thing. In fact, I've got Jim Coakley here with me right now. I'm going to have him. Why don't you pour out your heart, Jim, for our listeners of the Boom Crew right now about what's going on. i got Jim Coakley here, Allie. Okay. Can you believe that? Yeah. And, uh, one of our elders and frequenter on Carl and crew mornings, but uh, what's going on here, Jim? Yeah, there's nothing like uh, being in the Holy Land, opening the Word of God and seeing the places uh, firsthand, but then uh, just seeing how the Spirit and the Word just kind of come together and uh, people uh, see the connections, uh, see the relationships, and uh, really uh, make some very, very, very important decisions uh, to go deeper in their walk with Christ. And so uh, we were at uh, the Mount of Beatitudes talking about the Sermon on the Mount and the challenges there. And then uh, we were at, uh, we remembered uh, Peter being restored by the Lord at the charcoal fire on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. And uh, just spot after spot after spot, uh, we're just opening to God's word and people are opening their hearts and uh, the the Word of God is just really impacting deeply. Mm. Jim, thank you so much. I'm going to let you get back to it. That's Carl Clausen right. and Jim okay. Coakley. They are live in Israel. They are getting ready to uh, do some baptisms. You know, it's so incredible to just think about what that must be like. I mean, we're sitting here in a studio. Maybe you're sitting in your car or in your home. They are about to baptize some people in yeah. 
It's just hard to even wrap your mind around what that would be like. It is. It is because, I mean, it, obviously that specific water doesn't have any specific power. Right. But you get to be in the places where your savior, the one you are committing your life to walked and where he performed miracles and where he showed himself to the world. I I really don't think that there's any better place in the world to, to make that decision and to commemorate it. My goodness. So where are you at today? Are you, are are you a follower of Jesus Christ? If you are not, I would, can I just encourage you in this moment, uh, Don't leave that as a question unanswered. So many people go through days, turn to weeks, turn to months, turn to years, and we think we have so much time. So we, there's a temptation. This is the work of the enemy, by the way, but there's this temptation to kind of push off those important things. I don't really want to think about that. I don't want to think about my own mortality. I don't really want to think about where I will spend eternity. I don't want to think about where I'm at with God because those questions feel weighty. They feel heavy. And so maybe that's for another day, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Let's push it off and push not off. deal with it. And so if that's you this morning and you've not settled that question, and the question I'm talking about is who not just is there a God? That's a good starting place. But what does that mean for me? Do I believe that I need that I'm a sinner in need of a savior? Do I believe that I can somehow make it through this life on my own by my own boost bootstraps on my standing on my own merit, my own accomplishments, my own hard work? Or do I believe what's true about me that is that every single person, you, me, every person listening, every person ever born was born into sin. That's our condition from the very beginning. So what does that mean? Well, if if we let things just play out, then we will spend eternity separated from God because we we have a perfect holy God who cannot be in the presence of sin. So our sin creates this this chasm, this divide between us and God that cannot be bridged. And so we will spend our life, we will spend our days maybe doing some good things here and de- here and there, but ultimately it will count for nothing. So what's what's our hope? Well, the only hope is in Jesus Christ. God sent his son into the world to bridge that gap, to close that divide between God and a sinful man, so that when we place our faith in Jesus Christ, we're able to have peace with God. Our relationship with him can be restored, right? And it only comes yeah. through Jesus. It only comes through Jesus. I mean, so many people have tried to to do it through enough good works or to, you know, make God happier with us, but that's just not possible. Right. We can't clean our own selves off. And when Jesus died for us, he paid that penalty that yeah. you couldn't afford ever. And he is now the one who wraps his arm around you and takes you before the throne of God because you're clean enough. And so today, if that's you, just quite simply, if you are if the Holy Spirit, if the power of the Holy Spirit is moving, you may not, may not even know what that means. But if you have this sense, this awareness for the very first time that, wow, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I don't have peace with God. I want to encourage you to get right with God today. And that's by acknowledging that you're a sinner 
and that you need a savior and that his name is Jesus, that he is who he said he is and he did what he said he did and that it was for you because you needed salvation. So if that's you today, have an honest conversation with God where you confess your sin. You say, I am a sinner and Jesus, I need you. And then you repent. God, cleanse me from my sins. I'm sorry for the wrong that I've done. You repent, which means you turn and you go a new way. And that new way is following him. You give your life to him. You no longer are the leader of your own life. It doesn't have to all make sense right now. But if that's you and you know that's you, have that honest conversation and know that God hears you. And if in sincerity of heart, you confess today and you confess your sin and you believe in him, then today you become a Christian. If that's you, just text the word welcome to 312-274-9624. Text the word welcome to 312-274-9624. Jonathan, I'm going to ask you to pray for, I may just be one person this morning who today is the day that they get right with God. Yeah, absolutely. If if that is you today, this isn't a word for word prayer. I'm not just reading it from anywhere, but this is kind of the the cry of your heart too, and, and you feel it. So just follow along with me. God, I repent. I recognize that I, even though maybe I try to be a good person, there's something missing. And I know now that I can't fill that something missing. I can't fill it with good deeds. I can't fill it with distractions. I can't fill it with human relationship. God, I need you. I believe that you love me. I believe that you sent your son Jesus for me so that I could be yours. And God, right now, I'm accepting the invitation. I want to be yours. I want to have a relationship with you. I want to follow you. I want you to be my God. I'm turning my eyes toward you, away from the things that have distracted me, away from the things that have pulled me in. God, I'm turning to you, and I will follow you. I pray these things in the name of Jesus, Lord, and I ask that you would have your hand over everybody who prayed that prayer with me. Amen. Amen. If that's you, just text the word welcome to 312-274-9624. I want to send you something that's going to encourage you. Welcome to 312-274-9624. Welcome to the family, 6121. Those are the last four digits of your phone number, 2881 and 0079. What a cool way to start the new year. Oh, my goodness. Talk about the ultimate fresh start. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. We talk about (laughs) new year, new you. Yeah. No joke. This is the most legit new year, new you that could happen. Yeah, because the only way to be made new is to be made new in Christ. Mm -hmm. Anything else is just us putting on new clothes, basically. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I, I love this quote that Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people come alive. Yeah. 
And and that is what has happened today is that you're not just a, a person who can do good things. You are alive where you were once dead. Jesus has brought life to you and it's worth celebrating. And you, now you are called to bear fruit. That's what we're dedicating this week to talk about, how to live fruitfully. Being a follower of Jesus Christ is the starting point because apart from him, we can do nothing. So we cannot bear fruit at all apart from abiding relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's the starting point. So for a couple of you, today is the first day. From here, let's bear some fruit together. Helping you start your day off right. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. We've got a special guest this morning, Trillia Newbell. She is a speaker, author, and blogger. Today we're featuring 52 Weeks in the Word. It's something new from Moody Publishers. Trillia, give us an overview of what you're doing. 52 Weeks in the Word is a companion for reading through the Bible in a year. And so what I'm doing is helping people walk through the entire scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. So it's a straight read through. And then I provide journaling space and reflections and a rest day so that you can either catch up of your reading or pray or study the word. And so it's really, truly a companion. I'm coming alongside people as a friend as they're reading through the scriptures. That many people start out in January with the goal of reading through the Bible in a year. It's an awesome goal, but sometimes it gets challenging February, March, and many people kind of abandon the plan. What do you hope to accomplish both through this book and the podcast? to help keep people going. We are people who kind of get weary and abandoned, um, especially when we start getting into those long books of the Bible. And my hope is, is that we would read it and experience joy and find something new that we haven't heard or learned, which is part of the reason for the podcast. I'm really excited about um, the podcast so that people can hear and, and maybe it'll inspire them as they're reading through the scriptures. But also, I want people to, to be okay if they miss a day or two, just to pick up and read again. Mm -hmm. So it's less about this goal and retreat, um, achieving some, we're not in a race. It's more about learning and abiding and enjoying the Lord. I'm so glad you said that because I, I've had this happen myself where you're so focused on trying to check a box or accomplish something that you set out to do that you can miss the goal of why we even opened the Bible in the first place, right? Absolutely. We want to enjoy the Lord, know the Lord, obey the Lord. We want to abide in him. We want to renew our minds. And all of those things can be uh, the Lord accomplishes uh, when we're, we're engaging in his word. But we have to ask God to do that in our hearts and our minds and to transform us. So the goal really is about knowing him, helping us so that we can disciple others and love others. But it isn't a race. We are in a race and it's a race of faith. Um, but in, when we're approaching our Bibles, we don't want to approach it that way. Otherwise, we will we will end up feeling condemnation. Yeah. And the scriptures say there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What would you say has been your the biggest thing that the Lord has shown you or the biggest thing you've gained as you've kind of walked through this process already of, of the book and the podcast? You know, it's funny. The best thing I think the Lord has shown me that people would probably not think would be the best thing is how much I don't know. Ooh. The more I read, the more I realize 
I've never seen that. Or wait a minute, what does that even mean? Or I had no idea. It is thrilling to me to realize how much I don't know because for eternity, I will be learning about the Lord. And so again, it happened this year. It's happened the last couple of days I've been reading. I'm like, wait a minute, what does that mean? (laughs) And so I love that, that I will always be learning about the Lord and I will never arrive until the day I see him. And then even when we see him and we get to worship him for eternity, we'll still be learning about him. Yeah. Our guest today, Trillia Newbell, uh, the book is called 52 Weeks in the Word, a companion for reading through the Bible in a year. There's also a podcast. We will connect you to them. Just text the word word to 312-274-9624. Just text word to 312-274-9624. Trillia, thanks for being with us this morning. Thank you. Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this showcast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew. As we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.